Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's football legend Jamie Redknapp for Skechers ArchFit Footwear. Okay. I know what you're thinking. ArchFit footwear? Nah, I don't need Arch support. Well, I thought the same, and these are still my favorite trainers. You see, Skechers ArchFit are great for virtually everybody. ArchFit was designed by experts giving you podiatrist-certified Arch support and all-day comfort. Plus, I don't wear them just for Arch support. I love how they look too. Feel what you've been missing with Skechers ArchFit. Find Skechers ArchFit footwear for men and women everywhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome along again to the Long Run Show live stream and podcast brought to you by the 40 Runs Running community and our lovely sponsors, Sketches. I'm Ian Wilkerson, and I shall we shall be talking tonight about training programs and whether if you have a couple of weeks off in your marathon plan, is that going to greatly affect your um, is that going to greatly affect your finishing time? So we'll be chatting about that. Chris, Chris, unfortunately, is not with us tonight. He's a bit under the weather. So tonight I am joined by Hayden Harbour, Alan Foley and Sabrina Ahmed on what is a pretty busy weekend as well because um, here in London um, it's the Winter 10K. Um, I'll be at the Watford Half Marathon on Sunday as well. And there's a real feeling, isn't there, folks, that the season is about to pick up and we gain a bit of momentum now. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. He just keeps in post now. Different roast races people are going in for. The odd medal floating about now, whereas a couple of weeks ago, they're very far and few between. So, yeah, definitely got that sort of feeling about the months coming up. It's good. Yeah, it's the first big race in London as well, isn't it, of the year? So it's uh, an ideal time to kind of start really thinking about what you got coming, what you got booked and what does your 2023 race calendar look like? So hopefully if you haven't already got a race booked, seeing all the posts and seeing all the excitement will encourage you to to have a look at what's out there in the coming weeks and months. Sabrina, you think you're doing a winter 10k this week? Yeah, I'm in London this weekend. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I love running in London. We're so 
privileged and fortunate to be able to do it and for it to be our uh, basically our local run so um so yeah i'm excited to to get out there oh it's gonna be great you know it's plenty going on and um it's lovely last week we had a great show because we had so many questions from everybody we blasted for about the first half an hour you know chatting away with uh, what your queries were what you wanted to know all sorts of different stuff on all sorts of different subjects so please drop it Drop any questions you've got in the comments as we're going along and we shall uh, we'll take it from there. So um Hayden, how's your training going then, mate? We're up Tokyo's not far away now, is it? No, um four weeks Sunday, I think it is. So no, it's getting really close. But I ha- haven't really as much been training for Tokyo. My my goal's training for Boston and Tokyo sort of not in the middle, towards the latter end of it. So it's gonna try and incorporate it rather than that being my main goal my main race so it feels as though it's a bit of a blip in the plan it's a tough one to come over and it's a tough one to navigate and having a marathon sort of at week nine or ten of your plans it's not ideal but a lot of races and their schedules and their dates they never are so it's something you just gotta get on with but no training's going really well at the moment touch wood um no injuries as of yet a few old ones that i'm just keeping at bay but i think it's going How's really that well neat? Now, when we were at Christmas, you wanted a new, you wanted Santa to bring you a new knee down the chimney, didn't you? I know, and I wasn't good enough, so he didn't. I didn't get it. But what I have done since, to be fair, I went and saw a specialist, and I've had a couple of injections in it. And not, they're not steroid injections; these are just like just freezing it, basically, so I don't feel it. But my concern was I don't want that to be doing me long-term damage, and I'm just almost like putting this aside. But now I've been assured that it's not too bad. I had the MRI; it's not too bad. It just needs a bit of love and attention and a bit of a rest but i promise i'll give it a rest at the end of the year have you been oh, back yeah, on but we always say that, don't we? have i been back on my bike <laughs> but to be fair on the bike it's not the knee that hurts it's the bloody bum so <laughs> i need to really toughen up there somewhere with that bike i've been out a couple of times on it but no not this week again as we get into that latter end stages of your marathon training finding time for anything is just so difficult really hard is the paranoia kicking in yet, or we got still got a couple of weeks till that? Yeah, I was talking to someone about it the other day. I really feel as though I just I'm going to be a different person come the beginning of May. At the moment, people keep throwing races, especially Mr. Bowley down there. Why don't we do this race? Why don't you fancy that race? And at the moment, I'm like, I just want to get this out of the way. Come back from Boston, and I will just be a different man in May. In my defence, it's May 2024, so you've got a whole year <laughs> to recover. I thought I was being generous by not making you do it this year. Shut I know, I know. It's just as, as, as you go back to the marathon, it's not so much marinoia as your week leading up to the marathon. It's just all round, everything about it, the journey, the travelling. We've got the app today for Tokyo. So the six days leading up to it, every day we need to test. We need to take temperature and submit them. So it's, it's, it's quite strict and it's, it is a little bit daunting. I'm not going to lie about it. But at the moment, just head focused on getting this training out of the way. And we'll deal with that when it comes. I suppose it's just a fear of the unknown, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like, there's sort of like the logistics of the whole thing. Absolutely. The furthest east I've ever travelled. I've travelled a lot of the world, but the furthest east I've ever gone is Cyprus. So this is like <laughs> in a different realm altogether. So, yeah, a little bit nervous, definitely. I'm sure you'll have a great time. Al, what have you been setting your sights on in the life? Um, have we we have not have we had a chat yet about the, the next Extreme Park run? That's coming up, you know, there's... We, Booking up places for that, aren't we? Yeah, we touched on it last week. Ticket sales, if you can call it that, are going really well. Um, we have a few speaks left on the bus, not many. So if you want to join us on the 13th of May on a trip down 
tis the M4 in it, Hayden, we're heading towards Bath. Uh, we'll be yep. stopping off at um, what's locally known as the Curly Whirly Park Run. So if you've not had a look, have a look on Strava Art for the for the uh, shapes that you you kind of literally just running a twist. And then we're going into Bath for a bit of culture and maybe some beer. We're going to Weatherspoon, so it's a kind oh, of classic. tradition there, a culture and beer, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, um, if anyone's interested and in listening to this, uh, either contact us on the Facebook page or drop us a note at extremeparkrun at gmail.com and uh, we can take it from there. But, yeah, it's a fun day. Don't worry about the park run too much. That's just an incidental and an aside. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to, to getting people back on the bus. So book early to avoid disappointment, folks, because yeah. then you can, uh, you'll can you be there when Al's calling out the bingo numbers on the bus on the way home. No, it's Hayden that's the I, I do the important bit of shuffling the bag to make sure it's all fair and transparent. Oh, that's Al, right. shuff- yeah. Al shuffles the balls and I do the shouting. Yeah, I'm like the FA chair on the good old days when I used to have a silk bag. Not Tony Adams and some bloke from Take That doing it. Yeah. Yeah, Lovely. Okay. Now we've had a few questions that that we do love your questions. This is very much an interactive show. So if you are watching us on YouTube um, and Facebook, you can uh, drop your message in the the box and then uh, you can take part and we can discuss some of the things. Um, um, I'll start with... Maria Gerito. Hi, Maria. How are you doing? Um, I'm doing my first half on Sunday. Training has gone brilliantly. That's our sort of thing. I mean, I wish I've never been over to that. Any tips, things to look, watch out for? Rookie mistakes not to make. Sabrina, can we start? Can, you, can the three of you all give me one cast iron tip, don't, thing not to do when, they're doing your, when Maria's doing her first half marathon on Sunday? Uh, God, too quick. It's easily done, your first one. You feel good if your training's gone really well. You get to the line. And there's something to say. If you feel good and you want to go for it, brilliant. But your first one, just go out there and enjoy it. Don't get too carried away in those first three miles and then regret it when you get to mile 10. Yeah. What about you, Hayden? Yeah, little little bit, I suppose, of an extension of that caveat. Sabrina's absolutely spot on about not going out too fast. But the other thing I would say is if you go out at the pace you've trained at, and after two or three kilometers, even four kilometers, you're, you're thinking to yourself, I'm not sure I can keep this up. You know, I'm, I'm, this is going to be a real tough one. Just believe in yourself. Keep that going. I promise you, once you get through kilometer six, seven, eight, nine, your legs just get used to that pace. Your body knows what it's doing. It's trained for it. You know what you're doing. And you just keep, for some reason, something kicks in and it has to be, or it has to be if you had a good training, it's definitely the training plan. It kicks in, your body knows what to do and just do it. But it's so easy at kilometer two or three or four to panic and think, I don't feel I can keep this up. Don't, don't listen to that. Get that chimp off your shoulder. Have the confidence. No, especially as she just said to herself, her training plan's gone well. So fantastic. Be confident. You got it. What do you think, Al? A couple of things. Um, If it's the Watford half is your first half, make sure you say hello to Wilco and any other folders that will be there. Because I think we've got a few turning up. Yeah, there'll be a few there on Sunday. If it's not, Watford, then you're in charge of the meetup, Maria, but no pressure. <laughs> um, and my point actually relates to the prep on race day in terms of give yourself plenty of time. You know, you're going to be an excited puppy. And that's part of the reason if it's your first marathon, sorry, your first half, you might end up going, you know, off too quick. But just give yourself time to get in, to find out where bag drop is, sort the toilet queue out, 
of any last minute fueling and hydration and just give yourself a chance to kind of just step away and, and just kind of get control of your breath and have five minutes to yourself if you can and just put it in perspective in terms of you've trained hard, it's gone brilliantly. Um, that hopefully means you have a, a fantastic race day. But remember, um, it is about the whole package that you're you're getting your experience, your growth, your um, improvement is coming from the whole package. Race day is just literally icing on the cake. Um, yeah, you walk away with a medal, hopefully in a good T-shirt, but uh, look at it over the 12 or 13 weeks that you might have been training and, and pat yourself on the back for that. Yeah, well, I, I would add two um, things um, if the race is Sunday, try and get a decent night's kip tonight because you won't tomorrow. You'll be too excited and you'll get there too tired. So try and, you know, try and have an early, have a bath on an early night tonight. Don't go mad. And the second thing is you've already said that your training has gone brilliantly. This is a time to celebrate it. Don't forget to enjoy the race and enjoy the experience of doing it. You know, so up about things. I was going to say, well, can I just jump in there? So I think Maria just got back to you saying, thanks guys. Awesome advice. It's in Mercia in Spain, so a little way from Watford. Yeah, well, it might be a little bit. Although the sun's going, apparently the sun's going to shine in Watford this week, which will be Sunday good because last time I did that, when we did it last year, you know, we'd had a week of rain, and uh, at one point at the bottom of the hills, there was uh, a little episode where you virtually ran through a ford. It was like ankle deep in the middle of the road. Um, so, oh, Mercia! Well, you'll have a great time, and it'll be brilliant. But yeah, just don't forget to enjoy it. What have we got next? Let's have a look. Um, so Julian, we'll, come we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, yeah. But Hazel, a uh, good question from her, which she said, Hi um, guys, love the pod and the channel, which is great. So thank you for, for listening. Um, she said, I've got a couple of questions. Does it matter if I rearrange the days of my runs in my marathon training plan? Um, and is there an alternative for intervals? So go on, Hayden, take that first bit of it, rearrange the days. And then I think Al, intervals come, will come to you on that. Yeah, I think I think Al and Chris themselves last week nailed it with this with regards to like the shift work and the shift patterns. You can't always look at your training plan as a straight seven days and that's it. And, you know, there's no movement. You can't do anything. You have to be flexible. We're not pro athletes. Life gets in the way. If you've got to stretch out over 10 days or two weeks or if you've got to change the runs around, you've just got to do it. The only advice I would give is obviously not to change the runs around so it's detrimental to your training, i.e., don't have two hard runs back to back. Make sure you always have a bit of a rest day in between, or you're going to go on a slower run afterwards. If you have, I know the latter question is about the intervals, but if you've got an interval session, the last thing you want the day after that is a progression session. You know, you just, you want to just keep that the same format, whether or not it's on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or one week it's a Tuesday, Saturday, Sunday. It's not about it. It's about the total mileage and about getting that quality of session into your body. Yeah, I had um, along those lines. I had I had this with my training a couple of weeks ago, and the the way that my shifts fell, and like I'll often have a um, I'll work one day a weekend, and I'll have a day off in the week. And often, if that day off is later in the week, like Thursday or Friday, I'll use that as my day to do my long run. And um, I found that I was I looked at my calendar, and I found that I was doing a circuit that if it had stayed, I was doing a circuit class on a Tuesday, a forty coach session on a a uh, Wednesday, and we've um, discussed that like we're doing a 12-week batch and we're all doing lots of sort of like hard, intense stuff as we're building up to our various races this year. And then my Thursday was my day off and I was going to have a long run. So I had to swap everything around so that I didn't have three days where I was going to be smashing it. You want to, yeah, just try and break up the, 
don't you, Al? You just want to break them up so that you've got sort of like a bit of space between your hard days and a bit of winter. So, in effect, what you both guys are, are kind of really focusing on is is making sure you've got recovery. Because if you're going to – whether you so there's, there's probably two t- key parts to the plan. You've got your long, slow run, so that's all about endurance. That's where your body and you are going to be fatigued. So it's thinking about what recovery I need after that. And if you are trying to do some speed work, whether it's intervals or, or other, you know, uh, higher intensity, again, you need the recovery. So uh, I absolutely take your point, Wilco. If if it's better to flip them around than not do them, I'd say, um, if that's the choice. But the thing about recovery is trying to make whatever session you do in whichever order is a quality one. Now, there are some exceptions to that. Following the handsome plan where you're running six days a week, which I tend to do when I'm marathon training, there isn't a lot of option for doing recovery days. So but we tend to focus on the speed work at the start of the week and then build up to the endurance stuff at the end of the week. Um, and you kind of need to do that. Otherwise, you just die because you end up doing either three or four intense sessions or three or four long runs and you, you, you'll end up on the injury bench for a couple of weeks. Mm. Um, but that's different. That's a, a very specific plan and a very specific approach yeah. um, compared to most of the marathon plans that you know you can pick off the website or are promoted by marathon, uh, London Marathon events and other um, sponsoring. And, and Alan, on the bit around, is there an alternative for intervals? What would you suggest? So, so intervals are there to get you to run faster and to deliberately kind of run faster than you would perhaps on race day or goal pace. So. Um, for me, uh, time is sometimes the key thing. So if I haven't got enough time even to do an interval session, strides. So real short sprints, you know, where you're you know, sprinting for 20 seconds and resting for 30 seconds. You, some of the programs will only have you doing that for 10 or 15 minutes. So if you can't put a longer session in, shorten it and do strides. Um, intervals, it's about that speed work. So heels will help. Um, because, you know, what you're doing there is you're working your lower chain, you're going to be building up your muscles, that's all going to contribute um, to your ability to drive that power into the speed work. So there are things, and ultimately the intervals are about, you know, going fast, recovering, going fast and recovering. So it's about playing around with the distances that you're actually doing in the intervals. Um, Another way of doing that is fartlek. So fartlek is less specified so intervals tend to be 10 lots of whatever distance or eight lots of a fixed distance you can you can build in a fartlek run into a long slow run you can say right for the next 15 minutes i'm just going to put some speed into the session and just kind of work it out yourself i'm going to sprint to the next lamppost and then i'm going to go back into my easy pace I'm going to sprint to the end of the road and go back into my easy pace. And you can just play around with that. And that's what actually fartlek means. It means playing with speed in Swedish. So there are two or three different things you can do if you don't feel comfortable or you can't fit in a, a kind of program schedule. I think as well, obviously with intervals as well, because they tend to be of a certain sort of length, you find that um, you want you want a particular venue or somewhere to go to do it. I mean, when I lived in London, I had, to, I had a park at the back of my road, which was which was um, concrete all the way around, three football pitches. It was 900 metres, and it was brilliant for doing interval training on. But then I moved, and now where I am, I haven't really got anywhere of that sort of type 
to um, that type of environment in which I could do them to a similar sort of level. So like you say, I tried to sort of like integrate things into do a few strides, interview things, into do intervals, you know, integrate it into my running. Yeah. All right. Well, look, um, we've got loads of questions. So hopefully that answers your question, Hazel. Um, Next one's a quick one, which I'll answer, which is Robert Hallam said, is extreme park run for volunteers as well as runners? Yes, yes, yes. Um, the park runs that the guys go to always need um, people to volunteer and to help out with marshalling, tail walking, tokens, all of that kind of stuff. Um, because obviously we take so many people there. So, yes, if you are happy to come along and volunteer, that'd be amazing. Uh, next one, uh, Hayden. But you can help with this. So Wendy said um, she's strained her right calf doing a long run. Any advice as she's running London Marathon and she's fearing her fate? So, Well, yeah. we haven't got Chris here tonight, who's our resident doctor. So yeah. it's going to be difficult. <laughs> but it's, it's difficult to say how, how bad the strain is and how she's feeling. Obviously, ultimately, straight away, you do the ice compression and rest for a little bit, see how it goes. It just literally depends on how bad it is. I had a calf strain before... I was a marathon I'd done last year, I think it was. I went to a sports massage, my first one ever actually, and I had it massaged and manipulated, and it was absolutely fine straight after, which was really good news. It just says just complete different types of strain of calf from anything. I think they give them numbers from like a one to a 10, uh, obviously without me knowing what it's like, without my doctor here tonight on the pod. It's really difficult, really difficult question. I think you just, same old thing you can say about so many things it comes back to, you've got to listen to your body and know what you think. If you go out there and you know, that feels tight, rest rest and rest and we go back to what we're going to talk about later you're not going to lose much fitness by having that bit of rest but by risking it you could lose everything so literally just take it easy yeah um chris parker asked a question about shoes actually which i'm going to say to you uh chris hopefully our chris will be back on monday night doing bite size um where he will answer all kinds of questions on shoe and gear and all of that kind of stuff so um please pop over and see him there and hopefully he'll be able to give you some advice on on shoes to wear on half road and a uh, and half forest um half marathon but good luck for it um next one has come from a facebook user if you're on facebook please do click on the link that was posted earlier down because it helps us to see your name but um Basically, they're struggling with their marathon training block uh, for Manchester. It's been icy, it's been cold. Um, any advice on how they can pick themselves up? And I guess we'll come on to this in a minute in terms of what you miss from missing a bit of training. But advice for, for picking yourself up and getting back out there. Um, if I kick off and then I guess the biggest bit of advice for me is don't chase the miles. So don't feel like because you've missed a week of training that you've suddenly got to add those 10, 20, 30, however many miles into your next week or two weeks. Write it off, don't worry about it, and pick yourself up and, and get back out there from where your plan is. Um, anyone got anything to add on that one? That yeah, I, I think you've just. I, I went through this like a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I said, didn't you? That, that it's amazing how sort of like even one session can just bring you back into um, into your zone, and you, you just feel so much better. So really, the best thing to do is just not worry about it too much, and just try and hang on in there and get push on, see how you get on. Don't worry too much about older races x weeks away and things like that just run the, the session that you're doing and try and get a bit of consistency even over a short period of time or a few days and it's remarkable how easy it can be to get back into the swing of things yeah 
Um, Adam Drew. So, firstly, oh, hello, JBS. Thank you for coming uh, for getting on again. Uh, who else has got the NRS germs, Adam Drew? Me, Chris, Simon, we've all had it, uh, I think it's fair to say. Um, Rod Lambert, training for Belfast and Amsterdam. Uh, don't know how far apart they are, but uh, finding it difficult to eat that little bit extra between runs and conscious um, that I'm becoming weaker. Any recommendations on simple meals or supplements? Mm-hmm. The answer to that is about getting the, the balance right in terms of your carb intake and your protein intake, really. Um, I'm not a chef, so I'm not, and I'm vegan, so I'm not going to make any suggestions or recommendations on meals. But what I would say is, is look at how you're balancing out your food intake. Um, it can, depending on when you are doing some of your runs, um, are you running fasted in the mornings? Um, is that a factor or are you going out at the end of the day trying to run, having been at work where you're perhaps not eating regularly and and consistently? So there's a lot of factors in terms of fueling that can play havoc with with how you feel on any given run and over a period of time. But ultimately, it's about trying to find whatever works for you in terms of getting that ratio because you want the protein for recovery and then you need the carbs for the energy um and and that's that's the trick and and i guess that's the difference between us everyday runners in elites you know talking to someone that was um coaching this week we don't have the luxury of having a chef and a pt and a running coach sitting alongside us all day every day advising us on what to do next in these critical areas and you know it is a bit of trial and error unfortunately um it does no seem that this is like an, un, an unusual problem because so many people say that they can't stop eating when they're doing marathon that is a an issue for a lot of people you know the energy consumption that comes from running consistently 34 miles 30 to 40 miles a week will drive your kind of metabolism um but i'm also aware quite often and this happens tends to be more on race day uh, after a long run i think you, you know you think you're going to be hungry because you kind of look at the effort you put in and actually I, I can go hours before i actually the hunger kind of kicks in you go oh, yeah not actually eating much so on a sunday you think you're going to be straight in the fridge at 12 o'clock when you've done your long run that, that's not always the case so that just kind of shows it's it's not a, an exact science, this kind of fueling for marathon training, unless you've got all those you know, support crew sitting alongside you, which we don't, unfortunately. Yeah. All right. Um, next one, actually, is on fueling as well. So person, uh, Facebook, someone on Facebook said that um, they've done the race. They feel like they've done the races wrong so far. They've done two halves and a, and a full marathon, which is amazing. Um, and they said they did their half in about three hours and ten and they're full in just under six ten. Uh, and they said if they're planning to take gels again, which they did previously, they think they over, but they basically think they overfueled uh, before and took more than they needed. What? Um, how often would we suggest taking gels if they they think they're a slightly slower runner at the moment? So I think it's it's really hard because everybody's so different, um, and it and it's trial and error. I think and gels work for some people and gels don't work for others and I think actually um there was a post on on Facebook today which is like what gels do you take and it was interesting lots of people taking gels but also lots of people saying oh I take Kendall mint cake or I use x y and z jelly babies and all sorts um my advice would be try it on shorter runs so try the different gels and also 
figure out those timings that work for you. I mean, for me, I think I go kind of every 45 minutes or four to five miles, depending on what pace I'm going and how far I'm going. But I bet Hayden or Al, you might be, Wilco, you might be different on what you take. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not actually a big eater or a big fuel consumption when it comes to races. I've been quite lucky. But um, this Facebook user, obviously, as well, I was going to comment on the fact that the half's three hours 10 and the full was six hours 10. So actually picking up the pace to complete the full marathon, obviously, that works out two, three hour, five minute half. So maybe the treatment and what they'd done in the marathon was obviously could have been better than it was. It was sorry, it was obviously better than it was in the half. So, yeah. and at the end of the day, you've completed a full marathon already. So, don't be hard on yourself. That's the most important thing straight away. And a lot of it is, a lot of it, so much is just trial and error. And I think this is the idea of big long runs and training plans. Start trying these jobs. Go onto the Facebook page today and see what people have suggested. Take a bit of advice. Try the odd one, but don't try it obviously past week 11 or 12 towards your marathon plan. That, that, that'd, be, that'd be suicidal. But literally, just before that, just stop when you start at the beginning. Just try different things. Everything works for different people, depending on, as Al said, how much carbs you burn, what fat you burn. For me, I, I take a gel every between 40 and 45 minutes. And so, obviously, um, my, my last marathon I've done was fairly rapid. So I ended up only taking four gels. I know people that take seven or eight gels, and they're faster than me. It literally is such a personal thing. There's something more importantly that your body has to get used to, I think. Yeah. I've, I've taken, um, when I've done marathons, right, my sort of level at the moment has been um, 45 minutes or four miles, which is, you know, not many miles away from what it is, you know, it's sort of like 42 minutes, 43, if I get to four, then I'll take one. Then it was quite handy when I did my first, um, when I did my first marathon to have, um, to take my last gel at 24 miles because that broke up the last four miles for me. I thought, right, I can run two miles and I can have a gel and then I've got, the rest of the race so that broke up the closing stages so i found that quite handy yeah great um i love that we've got so many questions coming it's brilliant isn't it um jonathan winter has said um he's run three marathons all under four hours um congratulations that's a brilliant achievement um and each one of these said he's hit a wall around 19 between 19 and 21 miles um he's become lightheaded and his legs have felt very heavy any suggestions on how to deal with these issues um, Al, did you have something similar in London? Was it London this year? It was. It was a strain. I picked up a strain. Yeah. So it was a. That was muscular. Um, yeah. And what got me through was actually a a, a a pint of beer that was handed from someone in the crowd. So Jonathan, look out for the beer. Um, <laughs> it might just do the trick in terms of uh, giving you the little bit of motivation that you need. Um, so whilst I joke about that, there was something in that beer in terms of the right mix of mm. of kind of sugars and carbs and whatever that gave me a pick-me-up as well as the mental and emotional pickup of, of just having that random act of kindness hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Um, the wall comes from a combination of two things. It's, and it's all based, and I'm going to get a bit sciencey because you kind of have to understand it a little bit. It's all about you kind of depleting your glycogen stores and then going into your fat stores to go search for the same fueling. Um, and that's why, coming back to the previous question, whatever works for you, get it consistent and get it so that you're taking on fuels when you feel like you don't need them. Because if you leave it until you're fatigued, then that's too late. Similar with, with hydrating. If you drink to thirst, it's too late. So you need to kind of be fixing your schedule, however you define that, whether it's 45 minutes, four miles, whatever works for you, and kind of stick to it. What I've found when I've hit the wall is I've kind of lost track of time. And I've looked at my watch and gone, right, I've run nearly an hour and I haven't taken any fuel on. And I'm shoveling gels or bananas or something down my neck, but it's too late. My body's kind of gone searching into my muscles looking for that fat store rather than you know, you know taking the, the glycogen from where it would normally do so it is about practicing and getting that consistency in your training Jonathan and and again the long slow runs are there to build up the miles in your legs but it's also to, you know to help you practice all these other things that make for hitting the sweet spot on on race day I'm also I'd like to add also I'm not sure about obviously Obviously, I have no idea what a training plan is or anything. But if that's happened on four occasions, sorry, three occasions, then maybe have a look at your plan and focus your plan on maybe a lot of people do their plan and go up to 20 miles sort of once. Maybe have a look at a gap 20 miles a couple of times and seeing why or seeing if this happens then. If it doesn't happen then, then you've got to start thinking, why is it happening on race day? It might be that you're going out faster. So maybe, maybe you need to drop back the pace a little bit. I just think the more experience you get in that plan leading up to it, if you do a few couple of 20 milers, also that'll give you confidence. Do a few of them and you don't hit the wall. Come race day, you just got to think to yourself, this is just another one of them long runs. I've got it. I've been up to 20 miles a few times. There's going to be no reason for this to be any different. Just it's, A lot of it, I, I know there's a lot of science behind it, but still a massive percentage hitting the wall. It's definitely, definitely psychological. Definitely. I think yeah. if also if you've done three marathons and you're um, well, um, well along with um, the actual process of doing the training. So now you can sort of like be look at more specific things and reflect on your races and what's actually happened and concentrate on avoiding those rather than just sort of like, oh, I've got to do 26 miles that we start when we first did, you know, when we first do the, our first one. We're always worried about that, about the distance, things like that. You've conquered all that. You can do that. Now you've got to think about. How do you get rid of this problem? So you can concentrate more on that than the nuts and bolts of actually completing the plan. So I've actually got this oh, really, really quick story. It was actually Brighton Marathon. Someone told me once, I actually think it might have been Robert Hallam. Someone told me once they'd done Brighton Marathon and at mile 20, they put up a big fake wall, like a big bit of paper. And you literally, you bash through it. So you think to yourself, I've broken through the wall. And whereas some people, some people thought, oh, that's a great idea. You know, that's a, for myself, I thought it was a terrible idea. But when you're running that marathon, the last thing you'll be thinking about is all this hot stuff about hitting the wall. That's psychological. Focus on the race. Focus on the finish line. Focus on your performance. And the minute you see this wall come up, you're going to start thinking, oh, the wall. Am I going to hit that? 
what's happening here? And that's just a disaster for me. But that, that's true. It's going to be a psychological work. issue, isn't it? That if it's between 19 and 21, when Jonathan's running, he's going to be thinking about that. He's got to try and have some sort of distraction away from it. So the wall yeah, in Brighton is, during the, is, is at the power station, so it's doubly worse in Brighton. Not only do you yeah. hit the wall, you hit the power station. So uh, <laughs> well done to Robert for putting up that wall and breaking through in Brighton. Love it. All right. And then I think Shall the next one. we move one? on and do our thing? Yeah, go on. Because I think we're out of questions, aren't we? Now, we were talking about um, will you be able to finish a marathon if you have two weeks off? Obviously, training plans, they become interrupted things happen people get ill there was a question earlier wasn't there um bear with me it was uh jillian i'm on my fifth day of covid my first experience lungs definitely feel tight training for brighton so worried about how this will affect my training now i'm feeling jillian's pain because this is exactly what happened to me when i was training for dublin last year i we did the great north run we went up to newcastle and i got covid and i was out of action for two weeks right in the middle of my plan so um it's a very particularly post pandemic with um you know COVID coming back every now and then this is something that happens to a lot of people i'm sure i'm not the only one this has happened to around around the table I'm going to put Hayden on the spot because you've had some experience of this last year, didn't you, Hayden? Yeah. With yeah, I, uh, your preps for your big American adventure. Yeah, so I come out of Edinburgh feeling a PB. So I come out feeling amazing. I honestly thought like nothing can stop me. I'm invincible almost. I very rarely suffer with injury or anything. When I'd done South End Half, felt brilliant. And when I'd done the hot 24 hours, I ended up running more than a marathon. Honestly, felt absolutely brilliant. And then suddenly something wasn't right. I didn't rest enough. Uh, again, I thought I was invincible and I got an injury. It was a silly one, a tendon inj- injury, but literally it stopped me running completely for about about four weeks. And then a couple of weeks after that, I was uh, just doing little bits and pieces. But to caveat this story, just give this story some sort of meaning was the first week I got the injury was my first week on my plan towards Berlin Marathon. And I wanted to run Berlin well. And two weeks after I had Chicago. So it's... It's a real, it's a real downer. So I basically started my training plan. I think it was around about week eight in the end, knowing that I've got about eight weeks of this training plan to go. And you have to build in a taper. So whenever you look at training plans and people think, oh, it's a 16 week plan, you've got to take off two or three weeks depending on your taper. So for me, I knew I had a good running session of about five or six weeks. And yeah, I was really nervous about it, really down about it. It's one thing that a lot of runners don't talk about. This whole thing, when you mental health issues that people suffer a lot of it can be down to things like injury and you can't go out there you can't run and when you've got big races booked it's really 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 gut-wrenching it's horrible to be even driving in a car and seeing a runner going the other way you're like it's just it's just a horrible feeling so yeah so i basically didn't start my training plan until about week eight on the plan so i had a very minimal one but the thing about it was i have had a good base behind me been running for quite a few years now so that is something that your body and your mind is never going to forget and it will catch it back up it will take time but you just got to take it easy that's one thing that I've definitely definitely learned because it happened again after Chicago I come back start running and it sets you right the way back you have to listen to your body and you have to know if you've got to rest you've got to rest this really isn't the end of the world 
None of us are sponsored by Nike and they're going to pull out their sponsorship deal and we're going to lose millions because we're not going to turn up Friday at the track. This isn't it. We're in the real world. Things happen. Things get in the way. And you literally, just, you just deal with it. You just have to take it easy. I think if you go into a plan as well, what I've done was, obviously, I changed my objective, what I wanted to do. I wanted to go for a good time. I knew Berlin was a flat marathon. I knew it was a fast marathon. And I thought, originally, I thought, I'm going to go for another PB. I knew after when I got to week eight and I've only just started training, I adapted my plan. My plan was to get round, get round, feel comfortable and not injure myself. So because of that, my plan leading up to it, the six weeks leading up to it, I didn't do no intervals, no progression runs, no hill sprints. I just done easy runs. I done long runs. That's all I do. I wanted to get that endurance base built up just so that I could achieve my target, which was adapting it from going from a PB to just getting round and getting round feeling good. So it's, it's just a matter of literally just adapting things, but adapting things in the right way and just being realistic about your targets. And the longer you have out, the more the target needs to be slightly reduced. And I suppose the key, Al, is don't panic. Yeah, in terms of um, what's it going to do to you, it, it partly depends on, on what's forcing you out. So um, if it's muscular, if it's a, you know, um, ligament injury you are probably better off kind of seriously thinking about whether this is the race for me and, and going and get a proper medical um review make sure you're not going to do any damage so the thing is whatever it is don't rush back into it until you've kind of worked out what the the cause of the problem is i'm conscious that this time of year lots of people are missing training because of colds flus it might be covid norovirus whatever it is it wipes you out for a week or so. Um, and then you're thinking, what do I do? How do I get back on, on track? And we've already kind of covered that in terms of don't chase the missing miles. And Hayden's already said, think about adjusting um, your targets. And we've talked about this on the pod in terms of for any race, and this doesn't really relate to the question, but for any race, have a gold, silver and bronze objective. And depending on how well you, you're going on the day, you can adjust your strategies to go, right, okay, it's, it, it's affected me this two weeks, three weeks. I'm going for my bronze and I'll be happy with my bronze. Um, it's not going to be a PB. It is whatever you've set for that target. In terms of that kind of when do you start to lose fitness, you will lose a little bit over a fortnight, but not a lot. You know, there's research out there that says you could lose four, five, seven percent efficiency or performance. For us everyday runners, I could lose that overnight by eating too much or going on the beers or not sleeping. So when I'm looking at the impact of losing 5 or 6% of my performance, I don't really know on any given week you know, where my performance levels are to be able to be that accurate. So yes, you'll lose some. It will feel harder. You, you build it back slow um, depending on kind of what the injury is. I think some of the bigger issues – are dealing with it mentally, you know, because whatever the physical side of it is, there'll be a solution, whether it's rest or whether it's, you know, um, medicine or whatever it is. It's it's how you deal with that time off your feet when you're looking at your plan and your plan's going, you've missed a six miler, you've missed a sprint session, you've missed mm. your long, slow run. Um, and that's hard. That's hard for everyone. It's hard for the elites and it's hard for us. And, and Hayden's kind of alluded to some of that in, in what he said. Um, so it's about... I think having someone to talk to, sharing your frustrations, um, 
finding other ways of, if you can, doing something that will keep some fitness. So I know Hayden did a lot of swimming. So there are alternatives that are low intensity. That will help keep some of your cardiovascular fitness. Um, but you will lose a little bit of that endurance. And more importantly, it will feel harder. Uh, it will come back quicker because the body will remember those levels of fitness and will get back to those levels of fitness quicker than when you didn't have those levels of fitness. So if you've got that base, you will find that you you dial it in. The thing is not to rush it because if you rush it, you risk compounding whatever problem you had that put you on the injury bench in the first place. Sabrina, do you think, though, with bearing all that in mind, do you think sometimes people give up on their targets a little bit too easily because they're having, you know, a few sessions off and, you know, people can still do, it can become psychological, sort of like, oh, you know, I didn't do it, you know, I've missed a few sessions, I'm not going to be able to do this time, whereas, you know, they talk themselves out of it. Do you think that's a factor? Yeah, I mean, I think it it depends on what it is and, and who it is and how you're feeling, but I do think there's, there's so much to say for listening to your body and listening to your mind because look, all the things that you guys have just said, I completely agree with, right? You don't want to do yourself long-term injury. You need to listen, you need to recover and all of those things. But also the mental pressure sometimes of going, I've now got to do this can be crippling in itself. And I do think, yes, you can, you can look, we all know, right? And as coaches, we know that you could get to half marathon, Sorry, you can get to marathon distance. And yes, it might not be, as Hayden said, the time that you want, but you adjust your goals, you adjust your objective and go, can I get round? And yes, right? We tell people that all the time. But also, I do think there's a point at which sometimes you have to go, you have to go am I, am I, oh, feedback. Um, am I, um, I'm actually going to do myself more damage by trying to put myself through this because if I do it and actually I don't feel good and I don't have the race I want, is that going to have a negative impact on how I come out of that block and how I feel about running going forward? It's not just about one race. It's about we all run for different reasons. But And if it's the people about doing that one race and doing that one marathon and ticking it off, that's different to going, actually, I run for my mental health, my physical health, for the social element, all of those things, in which case it's also okay to go, I'm going to defer that or I'm just not, I'm not feeling it physically, like I'm not up to it, I'm not feeling it mentally and actually I'm going to just do what's right for me. There's no shame in taking that and going, do you know what, this just isn't for me right now. And I think that sometimes we can look around and when you're in a world or in a, in a scenario full of runners and we've got this amazing community and we've got these amazing groups, but you go, oh my God, everyone's doing this. Should I be doing all of this stuff as well? And the answer is no, do what's right for you and don't feel afraid to go, actually, I'm going to go and walk, park run every week, park walk, and that's all I want to do versus actually I'm going to go through two, three training marathon blocks a year. Everyone's different, so. I think that's really good advice, Hayden, that, um, you know, looking at the bigger picture and not, not just taking one race in isolation, thinking about your mental state and whether you're going to want to carry on if things don't go particularly well and perhaps cutting your losses might be a good idea yeah absolutely and obviously there's people listening tonight there's people on the facebook groups that like sabrina said and they're not here people aren't here tonight just because they're running manchester or just because they're running london people here listening and asking questions tonight because they're runners so this is a journey whether it's going to last a year two years 10 years 20 years who knows but at the moment it's a hobby it's a journey it's a sport it's a leisure thing it's something we like to do and as you said, you've got to think of that long term. You don't just think, it's like, I suppose you're at work and you have a meeting. 
you have a bad meeting, you have a bad meeting. You know, next week you probably have a good one. Uh, it's just it's just one of them things. It's just something you have to deal with, but it's difficult. But then you ha- you do have the other side of it as well. You, you need to think in your mind sometimes why you don't want to do this run or why you're not going to go out on this run because you have this whole scenario, and I know Al's a fan of it, it goes on about it. got the old chimp on the shoulder. It's constantly there telling you you can't do this or you don't really want to do this. This is tough. And again, it comes down to mental toughness. Um, everyone sees me and people say to me, especially in the Surrey group, they're like, oh, you just go out, you just get on with it, you do it every night. There's loads of nights where I'm just there and I'm getting my shoes on and I'm thinking, I really don't want to do intervals tonight. I really don't want to do hill sprints. And I'm thinking to myself, I've written my own plan. I'll just change it tonight. I'll just do an easy run or I'll just do this. But then you stand up, you get out there, you start your watch and you think, no, do you know what? I'm going to do this. I've got to do this. If there's nothing physical in your way, i.e. injury and stuff, just that focus and that mindset. And it, it creates something completely different and something great where one minute you're thinking, this is a disaster. I can't do this. The next minute, you're on top of the world. It's brilliant. I think um, it's such a good point. We as coaches, and obviously, Hayden, you've got your group in Surrey and, and I've got the ones down here. And it, there's something amazing when people get there on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, whatever night it is, and they go, oh, I'm just not feeling yet. I've had a really tough day. Like, just what are we doing? What are you going to make me do now? And then at the end, they go, oh, God, I'm so glad I did that. Like, weird lady in our Tuesday group this week, Mandy, she got, like, through the bulk of the session. I went, you're still smiling. She went, yeah, because I know I've done it now. I feel great knowing that the hard bit's done. And I went, exactly. Mm. And I think sometimes pushing through that is just, that's all you need is one good run to get you back on track. That's exactly what happened to me. I had that session on Wednesday. You know, I was I've not been feeling it, but then I just sort of like got me. I I go to the Tuesday or the Wednesday session. I'm a social animal. I like talking, like meeting people. I just got my head down for half an hour and just went for it, and it paid great dividends. And here it is. This is the book, The Chimp Paradox by Dr. Steve Peters. (laughs) Yep, here it is. Al's got one of those. I get mine out as well. Absolutely. It's a great book with loads of easy to read, little exercises in it. Absolute Bible. Yeah. Managing yeah, the chimp inside your head that tells you you can't do things and things like that. It's a but book. also 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 knowing if it is something that is psychological you can't do and if it's something physical that's limiting you, obviously. I'm not gonna say mm. you could like the lady come out earlier on Margaret saying about the calf strain. I'm not gonna say I've got that calf strain, I've got to go out and run. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a different issue altogether. There is a big difference between having an injury and being prevented from training than having mental blocks thinking, I can't be bothered to do it. I will I be able to I'll still be able to do it if I don't do all the same. If if you if you have had a physical injury and it's put you on the bench, that's when the chimp starts chattering. And and you know, if you can when you're in your plan and you are smashing your runs, that chimp's way in the background. It's it's when you create space for that negative mindset, those voices. Mm. And, and that's the problem and with physical injury. It's very hard to go, I'll be fine, I'll come back, <laughs> I'll gain it all, and I'll move on. That's a really hard mindset. And the, theme, and the theme of the book is not telling your chimp to shut up and leave me alone. It is managing these thoughts and turning them to your benefit and boosting your own performance through that. Yeah. So managing these emotions, that's what's more important. You can't you can't shut them out because they'll be there. But it's getting through that. And often it's sort of like like Hayden said, oh, I don't really fancy it. I'll just have an easy one. And then you've got your trainers on, you're out the door and you think, no, I'm going to smash it. 
and you do. You know, so it's plenty of mind management is such a massive thing. Absolutely, yeah. What book should we review next week, Wilco? <laughs> oh, I've got loads. I love all these. Yeah, we'll dig a few out. But I mean, it's an, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's a cracking book. I think going back to the question, which is, will you finish a marathon or a half marathon or whatever your goal is, right? It could be 5K, 10K, depending on what you're doing. Um, after having two weeks off, yes, is the answer, right? Mm-hmm. It might be a different goal at the end of it. It might be a slightly different objective or a slightly different time to what you hope. But can you can you get through it when you've had two weeks off? Yes. I mean, there's I a run I, I had two weeks off. Um, so I think I think the Great North Run was about week nine, week ten, and I had two weeks off. Um, I had plans to do two twenty milers during my plans, so that was one week that I didn't do. So I thought I won't do the second twenty mile. I'll just see if I can get one. I was going to Dublin, and I think I, my time was six or seven minutes slower than what I did at um, Edinburgh, and I was fine with that. I still had a good experience, and you can too. Yeah, but this is as well. Wait usefulness shall i say so you have a you have your plan and rather than saying to yourself oh i missed that i missed this or i've missed that what should i do now should i do you go to your coach you ask your coach you say to them listen what what is your advice here and take advice from people look on forums take advice don't think to yourself like you said earlier on oh, i've missed that 20 miler so do you know what i'm going to try and sneak it in this week instead that's not the way to do it there was a there is a everyone's got different ideas and rules. There's a rule about if you miss one week, cut back by 10%. If you miss two weeks, 20%, 30% on the first week. But it's such an individual thing. This is the great thing about running. It's such an individual thing. And the question tonight, I've just summed it up. People, the different things work for different people. And whatever works for you might not work for someone else and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Moss, uh, Ryan Mosney has just said, how do you get back to training after shin splints? He's been resting for three weeks. Anyone got experience of shin splints? No. Guess it's... Oh, Al? I was, I was on mute. So not specifically shin splints, but I think depending on, Ryan, what's caused them um, and where you are in terms of your running journey, rather than put that pressure on that we've been talking about, take some of the pressure off by just switching perhaps your training from miles to minutes. So, you know, just set yourself little small chunkable goals and seeing how it goes. Because if you've cured the problem, fantastic physically, but as we've just spent the last 10 or 15 minutes, your brain is going to be so wired looking for every ache and pain to be able to connect back to that injury or that problem that you just want to give yourself the best chance of not having that, that, that chatter so switch your plan around do something different don't jump back in and think right okay where can i pick it up what can i where can i get to if you do it differently you've got you're you're kind of managing it in a different way um so little and often running to time don't put your pressure self on the pressure of if i've got to go five miles i've got to go five miles and if i only do three i'm a failure because we're back into that anxiety box that we've we've spoken about. Yeah, all right. And then and Robert Hallam just makes a really good point, which is even if it feels like a bad run, if you look into it, there'll always be a positive. So try and find that. The fact that, let's be honest, the fact that you've gone out and run versus what most people would have been doing in that time is a positive in itself. So mm-hmm. 
So one way to do that is keep a journal. I know all the stats and all the data are sitting there on Strava and Garmin, but physically write it down, have a little book, um, make sure there's somewhere where you can kind of get it off your head into a journal and then you can go back and reflect. And actually having something physical, like a journal where you can go through the pages, is so much more uh, therapeutic than trying to find it somewhere on your Strava feed. So to do that and use that as a little tool and tactic to, to help yourself. All right. Brilliant. Thanks, Al. So um, obviously if there's any anything else, any more questions, we'll, um, we'll do our best to answer them. But this weekend, as we started at the top, we were saying that we've got Watford Half and, uh, and Winter 10K and we've got loads of volunteers at Winter 10K. I've not done Winter 10K, so I'm really excited because I've been told it's just really, really fun. So um Please, please look out for our guys that are going to be out as, is it Huskies and Penguins this year? Yeah? Yep. Oh, oh, you're one. I'm, I'm down to be a Husky. I've got no idea where I'm going to be. So just give all the Huskies a hug and eventually you'll find me. So, right. uh, yeah. Uh, and, and it actually creates a problem. I don't know what to wear underneath. Perhaps I should ask Aidan some advice because he's uh, regularly dressed. Oh, yeah. Up. What about the panda kit? Yeah. What should I wear underneath, Hayden? Should I go commando? Oof. <laughs> I don't think the person that has your costume next year would appreciate that. But okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Unless you bought your own. own. <laughs> um, hug a hockey. But no, seriously, thank you to all the volunteers that are going to be out on on Sunday, not just at um, London Winter 10K, but all over the place uh, on behalf of the 4D. So, oh, go on, Hayden. If you are going to the Winter 10K run and you're not part of the Facebook group, or if you are part of the Facebook group, you're, you're already know we're actually having a big meet just before the start just on the edge of Trafalgar Square on the corner you'll see a load of us there um I think meetup's going to be up I think it's about 10 to 9 it is early but the people that are in the late days who's thinking about meeting there all having a bit of a meetup a bit of a chinwag group picture and then the people in the later ways can go down to bag drop because I think it's a good five ten minute walk back towards um Waterloo Place and the people in the earlier waves obviously you're already there in Trafalgar Square so you can go off early. So sort of got the time at 10 to 9 to hopefully capture everyone. If you've never been to a meetup before, come down. If you're listening to podcasts and you're not a 40, don't know anything about this, and you see a load of us there, come on over, see myself or whoever else is there, Toby, admin, anyone, say hi. I've listened to the podcast or anything. And it'd be great to meet you all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, so the guys have got a meet up at, at Watford Half as well, but Going forward, uh, there have been posts gone out this week looking for volunteers for London Landmarks Half, which is uh, on the 2nd of April in London, and then obviously London Marathon, which is the 23rd of April as well. So um, please do find those posts, put your name down, get in touch with the guys. because The, the London Marathon is really exciting because we're on bag drop again this year. Right. So um, if you're lucky, you get to play on the bungee ropes as our, uh, part of the fun of the day. It's an early start. I think you've got to be there hours before any of the runners do but you know the bag drop is kind of one of those things that people get anxious about so if we can be on there helping people keep calm and and making a, a good start to the day definitely sign up as a volunteer it's a great way to feel part and of um the lamb landmarks last year we were dishing out um bags and medals at the end at the other end of the uh the scale yeah. that was a great day as well that was the first time that i'd really been involved in a big uh 40 volunteering session had a brilliant day. You got all the good, um, all the good effects of uh, being around the event and not having to run thirteen point one miles. So it was an absolute winner. It was really. I think if great. you do so, landmarks, you actually get a volunteers medal, don't you? I'm sure I yes, got one. Yes, you do. Yes, yes I you did. Walk away with a medal. How's that? 
value. They and and they are renowned as the best medals known about. You know, the London landmarks ones are absolutely yeah. great. So if you fancy a day in the capital, meeting a few forties, having a good time, sign up with one of those or both on the uh, Facebook group. You'll find all the uh, all the details there. So. Can't find the posts. It's Kate Nicklin. It's Mel Howes. It's Paula Frost. Look those up. They're the ones that are in the know about what to do on volley days. Yeah, so it's all there. So, fifty-seven and a half minutes, folks. We've managed to get there. That's brilliant. Thank you very much for your company tonight, and thanks to everybody for your questions. You know, the, the questions are really taking off now, and we'd love to uh, we love to try and answer them. So, um, thanks very much for that. Big shout for you for your support for the thing. Big shout to Sketches for all the support that they do. Um, we are on Facebook and YouTube every Friday at 7 o'clock. But if you can't catch us live, you can always download us on your favourite podcast provider of choice, whether that's Amazon, Apple or Spotify. We have some big news this week that we're number one in Indonesia and Nigeria for running uh, podcasts. So um, we are truly a global phenomenon. So um, we are looking to uh, boost... Pra- Maybe the whole of Africa, you know, which it's opened it's opened our eyes. So um, thank you very much. Don't forget, if you've got a question, drop a line to uh, 40runs.com slash long run. And um, we can uh, take that as well. And otherwise, enjoy your events this week. Thanks, guys, for coming. Enjoy your running. Take care. And we will see you next week. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs> 